Hello, my gardening friends, and welcome to the first Focal Point Friday episode of Season 3. If you are an OG Just Grow Something listener, first of all, thank you so much for still being here. Or if you're new, but you went back and you started listening from the beginning, well, good golly, Miss Molly, I appreciate you. In either case, you know I used to do two full episodes each week. There was a Garden Talk Tuesday and a Focal Point Friday. Those morphed into my regular Tuesday episode, and I dropped the full Friday episode in season two because, honestly, it was just too much for me to keep up on a second full episode each week while working the farm more than full-time hours during the spring, the summer, and the fall. But I've missed dropping gardening truth bombs on you more than once a week, and I've missed our discussions about current events in food and farming. So I'm bringing back Focal Point Fridays this season, but in a modified fashion. These will now be quick, five to ten minute episodes that highlight either an important point from a previous episode or a current event in the food and agriculture world that I feel like we need to talk about. Think of these episodes as a way to tickle your brain with one or two ideas to ponder while you're planting or planning or digging in the garden this weekend. Without further ado, let's get down and dirty. Enjoy! Those seed catalogs are really tempting. Everything looks tasty and interesting. There are so many bright colors. It can get you really excited for your garden but it can also lead very quickly to overplanting. With so many varieties available, it's easy to get caught up in ordering all the most beautiful seeds you can get your hands on. But if you plant too much, your enthusiasm can very quickly fade once the realization of maintaining that garden hits home. So first determine what it is that you want to grow. And really, that's going to be based on what you and your family eat the most. You know, if you're like a lot of folks in the Midwest, it's all about summer tomatoes. And I didn't understand that in the beginning. I spent my teenage years and very early adulthood in Northern California. That is an area that can grow tomatoes for a very long time in the season. And then coming to the Midwest, everybody was just going crazy in the summertime for these tomatoes. And I thought, well, what's the big deal? Well, we have a shorter growing season here, and there is such a stark contrast between eating a tomato fresh off the vine and buying one in the grocery store that maybe has been shipped in from 1,500 miles away and was picked solidly green. So I totally get it now. For some people, hey, they're not big tomato eaters. They may prefer green beans. Your family may want plenty of bell peppers or you like jalapenos and you know want to stuff them for poppers. Just look at whatever you regularly use in your meals and what your family favorites are and plan your garden accordingly. I would recommend if you're brand new to gardening, that you choose the easier veggies for your first time. I mean, don't pick something like celery, which is very demanding and requires a lot of attention. There are, I would say, a good 10 crops that we would pick as our easiest ones for a beginner to grow. So I will list those, and they're in no particular order, but these are things that are fairly easy to grow pretty much anywhere. It doesn't matter. Most of the time, even if it can be done in just in a container. So radishes, leafy greens like lettuces or kale or arugula, spinach, that's one too. Cherry tomatoes, green onions, green beans or purple or yellow, whatever color you prefer. Cucumbers, summer squashes, uh, mainly zucchini and yellow squash. Herbs, most herbs anyway. 
potatoes, and peppers. So let's briefly talk about each one of those, right? Radishes can be literally grown just about anywhere in almost any type of soil, so long as it's fairly loose and there's not huge amounts of rocks that they're going to bump into. And there's even some varieties that will handle those rocks with no problem. Uh, just again, make sure your soil is fairly loose so they can grow to their proper shape and size and you can tuck them in anywhere in the garden, honestly, in between lettuce, in between carrots, no matter where, where you can tuck in some radishes. For the leafy greens, again, lettuces, kale, arugula, mustard greens, spinach. The main thing to worry about with leafy greens is the heat factor or the sun factor. If you live in a place like we do where the heat can really beat down in the middle of the summer, you're not going to be able to grow leafy greens during that time of the year. But you can grow them in the early part of the season and in the later part of the season, or depending on your zone, whatever your cool shoulder seasons are. And that means you can do it twice a year. You can plant them successively every couple of weeks too during both of those seasons to get even more. And you can plant multiple varieties and basically have an instant salad mix. You can also do them in containers. You can do them in pots. You can, you can grow them in your windowsill. Leafy greens will grow just about anywhere so long as they've got about four to six hours of sunlight every day and they get the right amount of moisture. We recommend cherry tomatoes uh, as an easier kind of start to growing tomatoes. L large slicing tomatoes, specifically indeterminates, those that are on a vine, take a little bit more attention. They need a little bit more in the way of pruning. But cherry tomatoes are pretty forgiving, and they can also be grown in pots and still be very prolific. Uh, green onions. So we always recommend the easiest way to do green onions is to buy those little bags of uh, what they call onion sets that are in you see in your garden center. They look like little little tiny onions. You just place them root side down in the dirt and cover them lightly, and you can put them right next to each other or about a half an inch to an inch apart. In no time, you will see green shoots popping up all over the place, and you can harvest them almost continuously. Just cut off a few and make sure that you leave one or two shoots on each bulb and then harvest the rest by simply cutting them off at the ground level. Green beans are another good starter. Whether you can choose bush beans or pole beans, uh, either way, they can produce quite a bit per plant without a lot of fuss. Pick them every couple of days for a steady supply of young snap beans, or you can leave them on the plant to get big and to dry out, and then you shell those and use those as baking beans later on. We do a combination of both. And usually we'll harvest for about two weeks off of those plants. And then we will let the rest of them go ahead and dry on the plant and they will end up being dried beans later on. Cucumbers are another pretty easy one. Again, we're not talking about different diseases or bugs or anything else in this in this episode, but uh, cucumbers are one that can be prone to powdery mildew, downy mildew, uh, cucumber beetles, and that sort of thing. But strictly from a growing standpoint, cucumbers are pretty stupid easy. Uh, if you give them a place to roam or give them a trellis to climb on, you will soon have cucumbers coming out your ears. Uh, preserve the extras, <laughs> make pickles, or hand them out to family and friends. <laughs> they will give and give so long as you have a decent soil. Summer squashes are the same way. Zucchini and yellow squash will often produce more than you can handle on just a few plants. 
The problem there again is beginning gardeners and experts alike can have problems with squash bugs. And they're not prevalent in every area of the country, but they are one of the biggest problems that people have with growing zucchini, specifically here in the Midwest. If you can manage those, then you'll have plenty of squash for fresh use, baking, freezing, and giving away. As a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure there's a natural, a national give your neighbor zucchini day or sneak sneak zucchini on your neighbor's porch day or something like that. It's hysterical. And it's absolutely true because if you grow zucchini, you will have <laughs> way more than you can, you can do anything with. Uh, number eight on the list there was herbs. Most herbs are easy to grow and they complement just about everything else you'll pull out of the garden. One of the most popular is basil, but sometimes beginners have problems with the different types of blight that can hit basil. Um, there's also problems sometimes with, with overwatering them. Basil doesn't like to have its feet wet. So as long as you manage not to overwater them, then, you know, then basil can be fine. But we also recommend starting with perennials that will come back each year. You know, oregano, sage, mint, those things will come back each year. Thyme also comes back in most uh, areas. And so the, those are kind of fun too, because it's, you, you plant them once and you don't have to do anything with them for a few years until they start to get woody, you know, and then you pull them and you replace them. Dill is also very easy to grow. Uh, it is also very prolific. It will reseed itself too. So if you let it grow and you harvest what you want off of it and then let the remainder go to seed, it'll drop those seeds and it'll regrow again in the next season. So that is pretty cool. Number nine on our list was potatoes. And you really can't go wrong with spuds. You can do them in buckets or containers, which is super easy. You don't have to even worry about digging them later on. You just continue to pile, add a little bit more soil inside the bucket and then once at the end of the season you just dump the bucket and there you've got your potatoes and one pound of seed potatoes can grow like 10 pounds of new potatoes so it's a pretty high yielding plant and and really very forgiving as far as its care is concerned so great starter plant and then we mentioned peppers as our final easy one. And, and this is another one that sort of comes with a caveat. It is easy to grow. The plants will grow, but you just have to make sure that your nutrients are correct. You know, starting with strong plants, keeping them evenly watered, and making sure the nutrients are right is the key to growing decent-sized bell peppers. Regardless of the conditions, you're going to get peppers. They just may not be the size that you would expect. You could also go for banana peppers or hot peppers. Those grow pretty prolifically and will also generally take a bit more abuse if you want to try peppers, but maybe you're not ready to do bell peppers. Thanks for joining me on this Focal Point Friday. I'll be back again on Tuesday for another regular episode of the Just Grow Something podcast. So until next time, my gardening friends, keep on cultivating that dream garden and we'll talk again soon.